When I was growing up, I don't recall the word anxiety being part of my vocabulary. I don't remember my family or my friends talking about anxiety. Anxiety was not really part of the normal conversation. And there may be a number of reasons for that. I think that in recent years, we've learned a lot more about mental health. Uh, perhaps there are more reasons for anxiety. Who knows? But it seems that nowadays, anxiety is a conversation that we're always talking about, all of us, that in some ways, all of us have experienced anxiety in one degree or another. I know also that something about December brings about a new flavor of, of, of anxiety, that something about December seems to increase anxiety in a lot of people's lives. We talked about it at the beginning of Advent a little bit. For some people, the, the added financial stress becomes a source of anxiety. Sometimes there's the uh, the long to-do list, the busy calendars. If you're a student, maybe it's midterms or final exams that bring a level of anxiety. Or maybe it's just the dread of, of having to spend time with certain family members, distant family members that you frankly would prefer not to see, but you got to see over Christmas. And that adds extra stress and anxiety. But whatever it is, I've noticed that whether it's Christmas-related or even non-Christmas-related outside the rest of the year, all of us know what anxiety feels like. All of us know, whether it's from relationships, from school, from sports, from work, we know how heavy and burdensome anxiety can be. And there's been a lot of conversation about how to deal with it, and there's certainly a lot of good advice out there, but I wonder if we can learn something from today's readings. In the second reading today, St. Paul, it comes from his letter to the Philippians. It's one of the most beautiful passages of all of St. Paul's letters. He says this, he says, rejoice. He says, I say it again, rejoice. He repeats himself. And he says, have no anxiety at all. And if we pause right there, we could probably just say, okay, well, that's really nice, St. Paul, but you're not in the 21st century. Or you might say, that's super neat, St. Paul, but you're a saint and we're not, so you don't understand. You might say, easier said than done. Have no anxiety at all and rejoice always. That sounds like a great goal, but most of us could at least say that that's probably not our daily experience. We're probably not always joyful. And we probably do have some level of anxiety in our life. Good news is that St. Paul gives us a little bit of a hint on what we can do about it. He doesn't just leave us hanging. He says that if we want to be joyful at all times, and if we want to be free of anxiety, he says that in every circumstance, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to the Lord. In other words, what St. Paul is saying is that the antidote to anxiety is gratitude, but it's prayers of gratitude. And it's not just being grateful like we are at Thanksgiving once a year. It's not just being thankful at the end of the day for the good ways that, you know, you've had a good day. Um, sure, those things are good, and it's important to be grateful for the good things in life. But I think what St. Paul is getting at is something a little bit further. 
because he says not just to give thanks when times are good, but rather to give thanks in every circumstance, to give thanks always, which therefore includes difficult circumstances. That includes times of suffering. That includes when times are not going so well. St. Paul says to give thanks in every circumstance at all times, which seems not right. But what we know from the great saints is that people of real joy, people of that supernatural joy, people of that profound peace that St. Paul talks about, the peace beyond understanding, they are people of sincere gratitude. And people of sincere gratitude recognize that everything in our life is a gift from God. Good things and even the bad things, even if they're not from God directly, God can make good come from it. We know that God has the power to make good come from out of any situation no matter what. How do we know this? We know this because the most evil and worse, terrible moment in all of human history was the crucifixion. It's whenever man crucified God, and God still brought good out of it through the resurrection. And if he can do that in the most darkest, terrible moment of all history, then he can make good come out of the difficult parts of your own life. And I know that all of us are going through different things. Maybe you aren't going through something, but you have gone through something. But plenty of us are going through something right now. Some of us are going through difficult things. And God wants us to know and to be reminded that even though life is tough, we can still be joyful. That even in these tough moments, that God can bring something good out of it. That even in these tough moments, we can discover a way to give thanks anyway. To tell God, thank you. And if we're able to find it deep within us, this, this gratitude, this supernatural gratitude, we experience a peace beyond understanding. So I want you to think for a moment right now. When you examine the thoughts that go through your head throughout a given day, maybe just today, perhaps, or yesterday, what do you spend the majority of your time thinking about? What, in the 24-hour period of a day, what takes the majority of space in your brain? Maybe you spend the majority of your time thinking about schoolwork, if you're a student. Or maybe you're spending the majority of your time thinking about your next vacation, when school will be out, or when, when you're off of work. Or maybe you are spending the majority of your time, if you're a parent, worrying about your kids. Or you're spending the majority of your time thinking about your friends and all the relationships and all the gossip of today. Or maybe you're worried and stressed out about the world. Think about what takes the majority of your thoughts. Because this is a clue for us of what we either directly or indirectly make our priorities. And it's also a clue to us, perhaps, of some of the sources of our anxiety. 
Now, this is really important. St. Paul doesn't say, okay, where's your anxiety? Run away from it. You worried about your kids? Stop loving your kids. You stressed out about school? Quit school. You don't like your job? Quit. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say just stop having responsibilities and stop being a good uh, citizen and responsible person. He doesn't say that. He doesn't just say abandon and run away from anxiety. Nor does St. Paul say, okay, breathing exercises and, um, and, and make sure that you have some self-care. He doesn't say any of that, which is what the world says. St. Paul says, when you have anxiety, give thanks. Give thanks in every circumstance. Turn to the Lord and find a way to be grateful. Lord, I'm stressed out about my kids. I'm so worried. But you know what, Lord? Thank you for my kids. Thank you for these kids to love and to care for. Lord, I'm so drowning in my job. My boss doesn't appreciate me. My coworkers are taking advantage of me. But you know what? Thank you for a life of purpose and meaning. Lord, my friends hate me. They don't understand the gossip. It's rumors. It's lies. And it's ruining my reputation. But Lord, thank you for making me a social creature and for putting me through this trial to be strengthened. Whatever it is, whatever we're going through, there's some way that we can turn to the Lord and tell Him thanks. And even if it's beyond our understanding, we can give a glance towards heaven and surrender our lives to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't even know what to be thankful for, but I'm going to thank you anyway because I know you're in control. And in so doing, what we are doing is making a true act of faith that God is there and that God cares. And we're making a true act of humble trust that we know that God can do something in our darkness, that God can rescue us in our anxiety. And although the external and even the internal pressures may not go away, we can still discover an interior peace that is beyond our understanding to the point where we can truly say that we have no anxiety at all, even though our life is chaos, and that we're people of true, profound joy, even though life is tough. This is what we want. It's amazing that St. Paul, in his original Greek version of this letter, the word that he uses for thanksgiving is very interesting, because there's a few different words you can use for thanksgiving in the Greek language. But the one that he chooses is very fitting. The one he chooses is Eucharistia. When he says, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, he says, with Eucharistia. Make your request known to God. You may have heard this before. The word Eucharist comes from that Greek word, Eucharistia, which means thanksgiving. And what we know with Catholic theology is that when we come to Mass and at this altar, there's something big that happens. That Mass is so much more than just a nice talk from the priest. And Mass is so much more than just beautiful music from the musician. Mass is so much more than seeing your friends in the pews and being able to talk after Mass. Mass is an offering to the Lord at this altar. That in the Eucharist, Jesus Christ, his body, his blood, his soul and divinity becomes present in this room, in that Eucharist, but in the form of thanksgiving. And he makes an offering, 
God the Son makes an offering to God the Father on our behalf. And at Mass, we are able to join in that offering. What St. Paul is talking about here, he says, in every circumstance, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, in every circumstance, our joys, our sorrows, our sufferings, our victories, everything that we're going through, our worries, our fears, our anxieties, and our prayers for one another, we bring all of that to the Eucharist. And with Eucharistia, with thanksgiving, Jesus brings that to God the Father. We do that at Mass. Imagine if we actually did that at Mass. That's what we're supposed to do. And imagine if we took a step further and even outside of Mass, whenever we're experiencing those anxieties, imagine if we took a moment to pause and to think about the Eucharist and to say thank you to the Lord by calling to mind the image of the Eucharist being offered up to God the Father and to tangibly think about this anxiety this worry about my job, this grade on my test, this competition in my sports, that we would unite that to the Eucharist and think about that being offered up to God the Father. And all day long, we're making a glance toward heaven, calling to mind the Eucharist with thanksgiving. Imagine this spirituality. St. Paul says that this is possible. St. Paul says that holiness is possible. St. Paul says that it's possible to pray without ceasing. This is what he means, to call to mind every moment of our day, especially in those moments where we find ourselves stressed, worried, losing our temper, impatient, at our worst, we suddenly glance toward heaven. We think about the Eucharist, and we think about Jesus bringing us and all that we have to God the Father. This makes us people of true gratitude, and this is how we will become people of true joy. And in so doing, we will discover the peace beyond all understanding. Today is Gaudete Sunday. Gaudete means rejoice. This third Sunday of Advent, every single year, is a day that we're supposed to focus on joy. And in a world that is so starving for joy, chasing happiness but finding fleeting happiness that doesn't last for but a moment, We thirst and we long for real joy. And St. Paul says it's possible. It's here. It's here in the Eucharist, and it's in every circumstance of our life. We can rejoice always. We can have no anxiety at all if we glance toward heaven and unite our lives to this Eucharistic offering. And so that's our prayer today that we would discover the peace beyond all understanding by uniting everything that we have to this Eucharist. Amen.